Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Uh, Some of you may be a little surprised to see me up here because you're more used to seeing me in the back. For those who don't know me, I was the technical director here from 2009 to 2018. So most of the time you would see me standing right back there in the back with the headset on, just like Abel's doing right now. Um, But actually, this isn't my first time giving a sermon, but it has been a long time. See, the last time I preached a sermon was 16 years ago. Um, And there's going to be a picture that they have to give you an idea of what I looked like at that time frame. But I was a young, skinny guy. I was living in Michigan. I was in a bad marriage. I had no kids. And I was finishing my degree in theology, preparing to be a pastor. Fast forward 16 years, every one of those things has changed. (laughs) Um, I'm not as young. I'm definitely not skinny anymore. And I've lived in Florida for the last 15 years. I'm divorced and remarried to an amazing woman. Excuse me. (laughs) I have five kids at home, a mixture of biological, adopted, and foster. And now I work as an audio-video professional. Everything has changed. Everything that I thought was going to happen has changed, but it's turned out 100 times better than I ever could have imagined. But that kind of high-level overview obscures the challenges and changes that have happened that have brought me to where I am right now. There have been a lot of ups and downs, dark pathways, not knowing how things would turn out. But through it all, I have leaned on God to get me through when I didn't even know where I was going. There are many areas of change that I have experienced and I could talk about. But the one that I want to share with you is my career trajectory, how things have adjusted there. And it's been a very winding path that has taught me a lot about trusting God and navigating change. When I was in high school and college, I felt God calling me towards being a pastor. But when I say that, I don't mean I had this vision of me standing in front of a pulpit like this preaching and God said, yes, that's what I want you to do. That's never what it's been like for me. God's calling has never been that concrete. Rather, it was more like a nudging in a particular direction, but the end was always blurred. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or to the left. And that's kind of what it was like. It was like a nudge in a particular direction. And so I went that direction. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I used to have this crazy idea that God's path for my life was linear. I know, it doesn't work that way. Um, That if God pointed me in a direction that it was a straight line from there to where he wanted me to be. But there's two problems with that idea. First of all, things are never straight. Our paths always change. There's always twists and turns. But second, it puts the focus on the end destination rather than the journey itself to, um, to get there. Except there really isn't an end destination in our lives other than death in heaven, and most of us aren't too anxious to get to the death part. So there's a lot that we need to learn on the journey. You see, God calls us to walk with him, not meet him somewhere. 
eventually I felt God nudging me towards a hospital chaplain rather than a typical church pastor. Um, And that's actually what brought me down to Florida in the first place from Michigan. There was a program with Florida Hospital, now Advent Health, that recruit new chaplains who had just graduated with their bachelor's in theology and get them plugged in in chaplaincy. Um, And so I did that for a year, and I actually really enjoyed it. Now, for those of you who may not know, a hospital chaplain is kind of a hybrid between a pastor and a crisis counselor. And what I came to realize is that the aspect of chaplaincy that I really liked was that mental health counseling aspect, not as much the spiritual nourishment aspect. And I recognize how ironic that is for me to stand in front of a church and tell you I didn't care as much about the spiritual nourishment aspect, but I'm just being honest with you. That's what the series is about, is honesty. The part of the job that I loved most was mental health, and so I made the decision to leave that program and to pursue a career as a counselor. Now, that was not an easy decision. Without getting too detailed on the program, basically, it was several years of training and education that they were paying for, and then I would continue to work for them for several years after that. It was kind of about an eight-year track, if everything went well, to get me from where I was to where I wanted to be, with a decent-paying job throughout, especially for someone just fresh out of college. As someone who loves planning and predictability, this was really appealing. I mean, it's everything that I wanted, a predictable linear path. This is great. It took me from where I was to where I wanted to go. And while it was a great path, I felt God telling me that it wasn't the path he wanted for me. So after a lot of prayer and reflection, I decided to walk away and pursue that path in counseling. I had to learn a very important lesson about change. Do not let fear of the unknown stand in the way of your dreams. Stepping out in faith is always scary. That's why it's called faith. I left a great path with certainty and a paycheck to step into an unknown path. It was scary and it was tough at times. There are multiple times in that journey that I prayed a prayer that was as much desperation as it was faith. I said, God, you got me into this mess. I need you to get me out. I had to trust that God was leading me in this new direction and trust that he would see me through even when the path was dark. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I held on to that promise because what else could I do? When you're in the middle of a dark tunnel, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and trust that eventually you will find your way out. Now, there were plenty of times that I doubted. I did not see how it would work. I questioned my decision, but I just kept clinging to the hope that God would work things out in the end because he's always been there for me in the past. And honestly, what else could I do? Just keep moving forward. Now, I do have one other confession to make to you all as my church family today. I never intended to be the technical director here at the church. I actually never intended to work here at the church. It all happened because I'm too cheap to pay for parking at the hospital. Honestly. So I was back in town, and I was preparing to start my master's degree in counseling at Asbury Seminary, and I'm needing a job to pay the bills. So I had applied at Florida Hospital, was hoping to get in there, but 
not hearing anything back. So I thought, you know what? Let me go there. Let me try and talk with someone face to face. Maybe I can kind of spur something along, but I'm too cheap to pay for parking in the parking garage. So I decided, you know, I'll just park right here at the church and walk over. And, you know, since I'm right here at the church, I should pop on in and say hi to everyone. So I walked in and John Monday happened to be standing right in the lobby when I walked in. And so I said, hey, John, do you know of anyone hiring? I'm looking for a job. He said, well, we need someone to mow the lawn and set up for rental groups. I said, I can do that. That sounds easy enough. And so they hired me. And for a year and a half, I would mow the lawn in the heat of the summer. I would set up tables and chairs for the rental groups running the church, doing different maintenance projects and stuff like that. And then when a technical position opened up, they knew I had aptitude for that, and they moved me over to that role. And I found that I really loved that role. I fell into a role that I loved because I'm too cheap to pay for parking. (laughs) You never know how God is going to lead. You just have to be willing to follow. God can use the smallest and most mundane things like parking to open doors and accomplish his leading. As the old saying goes, God works in mysterious ways. The next big crisis of change came when I graduated with my master's degree in counseling. By the time I graduated, I had already moved to being the technical director here at the church, and I was finding that I really liked it. I actually didn't know much about it before starting doing it, but I found that I really enjoyed this role. But I'd already invested so much time and money into this degree in counseling. Isn't that where God was leading me? And so I had a decision to make. I had two careers to choose from. I felt that I would have been happy with either one. I felt that it would have been good with either one. And I also felt like God was leaving both doors open. So how, what should I do? As I wrestled with that decision, I had to release myself from another crazy idea that I had, that I needed to pick one career and stick with it for the next 30 years of my life. I mean, that may have been what a lot of people did before, but honestly, who does that anymore? I came to realize that I didn't have to choose a career for the next 30 years. I just had to choose what step I wanted to take next. And that was very freeing for me. It made the decision easier. In the end, I was decided I was more passionate about AV, and I decided to just keep it going with that. And I don't regret that decision at all. Now, some of you are shaking your head at me. This person who has spent eight years of college and more student loans than I care to admit to you, just to throw it aside and decide to do something else. And then he tells you he doesn't regret it. And I understand that. But here's another thing that I've learned. No education, no work experience, no life experience is ever wasted. I have incorporated everything that I've learned into what I do now. In family counseling, there's family systems theory. Then I've taken that mindset and I use it in AV. So I look at the entire picture of the AV system and how each individual part contributes to and impacts the entire system. And that's made me a much better technician. There's also all the communication skills that I learned that counselors need. And as a foster parent, I use the education on um, childhood development and psychology to better understand these traumatized children. While it may all seem unrelated, the skills and the education that I have pursued have made me a better person, a better technician, and a better parent. They have made me who I am today. People used to ask me, where do you see yourself in five years? 
My answer has been that I stopped trying to predict the future because I've never gotten it right thus far. I could have never imagined the path that God has led me on, but it's turned out so much better than I had imagined. That road has turned so many times and taken me places I didn't even know existed. But in the end, God was leading me somewhere even better than I imagined. Ephesians 3.30 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to do so much more for us than we imagine. And he is leading and guiding us towards that. When I look back at my life 15 years ago, and I think about everything that has changed, I'm amazed at where God has led me. My dreams were so small, and he had so much more in store for me when the time was right. Now, I'm not talking about some kind of prosperity gospel where God promises us a big pile of rainbows and unicorns. We're never promised a problem-free life. But we are promised that God will be with us and that he has great plans for us. I'm also not saying that all the twists and turns are designed by God. Sometimes those are the result of our own actions or decisions or the actions of others. But God continues to shape us and walk with us no matter what happens. His plan for our lives is not simply a destination he wants us to get to. His plan is so much more than that. He doesn't just care about what we do. He cares about who we are. So there are places along the journey that help us grow and develop into the type of person he wants us to be. If we try to just skip to the ending, we miss out on so much. To illustrate that, I want to look at the life of Paul, sorry, the life of Saul before he became the apostle that we know as Paul. Now, we all know that Paul was called to be an apostle for God, but he was actually already trying to do that when we meet him as Saul, at least he thought he was. We're introduced to Saul in Acts 7 and 8 at the stoning of Stephen. That day began a great persecution against the church. Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them into prison. Saul was passionate and devoted to God. He had studied, he had become a religious leader in his community, and he was giving his all to serve God to the best of his knowledge. But his life was about to make a major change because he could not really do what God wanted him to do until his life changed. His capacity to serve God and be used by God could not be fully unleashed without change. God literally stopped him in his tracks, knocked him to the ground, blinded him, and made him question everything that he thought he knew. We don't know much about what that transition was like for him. The Bible says he spent three days with no food, no drink, and no sight. I imagine there was a lot of soul searching and a lot of praying. But what we do know is that afterwards, he charged forward with all the same zeal and passion he had before, but with an even greater understanding of God and a new direction. Paul used everything he had to serve God, wherever it was that God led him. As Paul received a greater understanding of God, he was able to serve God to a greater capacity, and that pattern continued throughout his life. Now, I said before that I've stopped trying to predict the future because I haven't gotten it right so far. And that's certainly true when it comes to having kids. When I was talking to Tammy about this sermon, she reminded me of all the times I used to tell her that Susan and I were only going to have two kids. See, my philosophy was that when parenting moves from man on man 
to zone defense, the whole game changes. <laughs> well, so much for that plan. Susan and I did have two kids and stopped, but God was calling us to more. Over the past four and a half years, foster care has led us to adopt one child, and we've welcomed over a dozen other children. We've welcomed a dozen other children into our home, both through formal placements and providing temporary respite to other foster families. We've had up to six kids in our house at a time, and we currently have five. And I will say that zone defense is a whole new game, but it's a great game. Life with this many kids and the constant changes that foster care brings is crazy and different and difficult and stressful, but it's also very rewarding. Foster care is all about change. Probably the most consistent thing is the uncertainty. You don't know when a call will come in or who it will be for. You don't really know much about the child before you take them in. You hear a little bit of information. Most of it's accurate. But you never really know. Nor do you know how long they will be in your care. It could be a couple of months. It could be a year or more. And that can change at any point. So we've learned to just take it one day at a time. Because really, that's the only option you have. I'm here to love and provide for that child, to give them as much consistency and normalcy as possible in the midst of a chaotic situation. Because that child hasn't done anything wrong. Their world has been turned upside down with no warning. They're dealing with more change than any child should ever have to deal with. So my job as a foster parent is to walk alongside them to hold them close, and to help them navigate that change. And while we don't often acknowledge it, God is doing the same thing for us daily. Last year, we got to witness two of our foster girls going home to their mom. This family has experienced many changes and transitions throughout that process. It was long, it was difficult, it was confusing, and it was challenging. But in the end... Two little girls who loved their mom so much got to go back home to a mom who deeply loved them. But now she was better able to care for them. Change is not easy, but sometimes it leads to wonderful results. Foster kids are dealing with an enormous amount of change. And my prayer is that God will use me during this period of change in their lives the same way he has used many of you during my periods of change. I may not remember a lot from my preaching classes 16 years ago, but one instruction I do remember is that you should be able to distill your sermon down to one sentence. One sentence that summarizes this very winding journey that I have led you on this morning. So here it is. If you follow God's leading, your life will not turn out the way you imagine, but he will always be with you. It will contain lower lows than you imagined, but also greater highs. It will be filled with times of immense pain, blinding confusion and despair, and no idea what to do at times. But through it all, God is weaving you into the person he wants you to be. And it's a beautiful thing. I don't know what change or transition will be next for me. I don't know what challenges lie just around the corner. But I have a God who has proven himself 
time and time again that he's taken care of me. So I'll keep walking with him. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.